The Sydney Opera House acknowledges the Gadigal people, traditional custodians of Jubagali, the land on which the Opera House stands. We honour the long Gadigal history of gathering and storytelling and acknowledge the strength and resilience of First Nations people and communities past and present. Welcome to Ideas at the House, a podcast featuring talks and ideas from the Sydney Opera House. Reality TV has always been a contentious category of television, especially when it comes to authenticity and finding true love. Many of us love the drama, the tropes and the stereotyping, even if we're just poking fun at it. This session at All About Women 2023 explored Brooke Blurton's time on The Bachelorette and Rosie Waterland's satirical take on dating shows. Hosted by Nakia Louie, they delve into what it's like to participate in traditionally heteronormative dating shows as a queer person, trying to find a genuine connection on TV, and what this voyeuristic search for romance reveals about Australian culture. This talk was recorded live at the Sydney Opera House in March 2023. Hello, look, we got an applause just for walking on. This is going to be a great panel. The bar is set low. <laughs> Uh, so, hello, I'm Nikia Louie. I'm a writer, actor, I'm a proud Gomorrah and Torres Strait Islander woman. I grew up in dark land in Western Sydney and I am really, really excited to be leading this discussion today, Finding Love in a Hopeless Place with the wonderful Brooke Blurton and the amazing Rosie Waterland. Now, before we begin, I just want to pay respects to the traditional owners of the land that we're on today, uh, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. And what I really want to do is pay respect to the spirit, the fight, the bravery and the resistance of Aboriginal people who have survived years of systematic oppression and are still coming to you with kindness, especially, I think, in what we're leading to, what might be a referendum for The Voice saying... We want to be part of this country and we want you to care about us. So I just want to acknowledge that before we start. Now, first off, let's do a little bit of introduction. We have Rosie Waterland, who is an author, columnist, screenwriter and comedian. She's the creator and host of two award-winning podcasts, Mum Says My Memoir is a Lie and the comedy Just the Gist. Does that right? Just the Gist? The country stuff. That's it. The Gist. The Gist. Yeah. Now, Brooke Blurden is a proud Noongar Yamaji woman and broke records as the first Indigenous and bisexual bachelorette for Network 10's reality television franchise. Brooke is a passionate mental health advocate and champion of young people, especially First Nations and queer youth and all people of colour. And Brooke has a fantastic podcast with Maddie Mills called Not So PG. Now, I thought, I was going to ask, I was going to start off and go, like, what are we watching? But I thought finding love in a hopeless place is pretty interesting because Brooke and I just realised backstage (laughs) that... so funny. I got proposed to on the steps of the Opera House back in 2018. And the last time you were here... I got broken up with. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, like, pre-Bachelor days, like, 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I was living in Sydney on that step, and I was, like, walking up. I was like, why do I feel anxious? And I was like, I think it's my PTSD. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Finding love in a hopeless place. Yeah, but from yeah. getting broken up with 
on the front steps to being here, being so on cool. stage inside. Yeah. Who's winning? Yeah, jokes on them. Hope they're listening. Now, Brooke, you're our insider. Finding love in a hopeless place. We're talking about reality, television, dating shows. Can you give us the inside scoop? What is the story of The Bachelor? How did you end up as our first bisexual Aboriginal bachelorette? It's so crazy. Um, Well, it all sort of started in 2018, applying, obviously, for the show. Um, I wrote about this, actually, in Big Love. um, And... My housemate and I, who she's this beautiful Zambian woman, and she was actually applying herself. And the the conversation we had at home was that there hadn't been any type of black rep- representation on these shows. And we were like, yeah, yeah. And so we, she was applying, and she was like, you should apply. And I was like, no, they've never had an Aboriginal person on yeah. one of those shows, and they never will. That was my mentality around it. I was like, no. Nah. And then I thought about it and I was like super single, like literally just broke my collarbone. So I was like sad, sob, like (laughs) sitting on my bed being like, I'm in pain. And also, so I was like, fuck it, let's do it. Um, And so I applied and I had no idea that I was going to get on. And I found myself literally, it looks like I blinked and I was getting on a bus at the Sydney airport with these women that I had just met and like, they actually, this is actually funny, but not funny. They thought that I was the help. Oh. And that will always stick with me because really? it was so like, what the hell am I walking into? In right what, now? like, what, how do you, what do I, they do? Like, I'm a very like considerate person. So yeah. I was helping all of the girls get their suitcases on this bus. Like, yeah. I could tell that the person that was getting on this on their bus, like, had to collect like 17 girls. Um, and we were all coming from different states, right? And yeah. I was like, oh my God. And all these girls are like really tall. And I'm like this little petite thing, like, being like, what the fuck? And so. Like really tall and really white. And yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I realized, like, I was like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm walking into right now. But, um, the one of the girls looked at me and when I sat next to her on the bus, she was like, oh, oh, you're with us. I thought you were just helping. <laughs> and I was like, no, like, yeah, hi, I'm Brooke. Like, I'm sporty. <laughs> I'm the sporty one, yeah. Um, and anyways, we ended up having like a bit of a conversation through our phones because we weren't allowed to talk. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyways, fast forward made it to this crazy end of the journey where I obviously went to, I don't know if you want to put it in places. Like, is it like win like bronze, like yeah, right. <laughs> like bronze, silver, gold. Like, I don't know how, like, do you win? What do you win? Um, obviously, but I left is, us three. Is it the true? Place. And this is purely <laughs> for my own gossip yeah. riddled mind. <laughs> is Hit it me. true that t- they're all a blend to me. I can't even remember if I wrote about Honey Badger's season. Did I Did I do recap of... Yeah, I think I, I remember a few bits. No, no, no but it's fine. <laughs> but is yeah, it yeah. true that um, he, like, basically pulled, secretly told you, I'm not going to pick anyone and I don't want to embarrass you, so I'll, I'll let you go now? I don't think he was that considerate. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? Yeah. Somewhere, like... So, no, it wasn't like... It was an absolute shit show. It was so, like... 
getting to that far and sacrificing, you know, three months of my life. I was yeah. working youth work. I was away from like my kids that I was working with. Like I love routine. I was out of routine away from home. All of that was like playing on my mind and to get to three. And then on our last, last day, oh, here's the real gossip. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. I'm like, um, <laughs> I'm so, like, forget the question. Okay, yeah, Guys, so the the day I hadn't seen him for a week. We did hometown, so hometowns went pretty good. Mm. Actually, not so good. My brother had a black eye. My best friend had a black eye, and I was like, "Wow, we're really like this is great." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, what are people going to think of me?" But I just didn't give a shit. But that was fun. That was a funny time. And then, so out of hometowns, we didn't see each other for a week. And our first date was like rocking up on this, like you know how they do these the real dramatic um, mm. drive-ins, like you know they come. They're only going like thirty meters. Yeah. <laughs> and so he comes in this motorbike, and we go for like you know a ride. And I love like adrenaline things, but there was, we were on this motorbike and there was GoPros, um, crew, like, you know, like they're down the end, they're at the front. And so, um, basically he had stopped the GoPros and like covered, (gasps) he said like, cover your mic and I was like what I was like because I'm like like a little koala like yeah. hugging onto it I'm like how do you cover your mic like, well, like, like yeah. With this. <laughs> yeah. so I'm like I'm like we're going pretty fast yeah. like it's crazy to think like this weird whirlwind um and he stopped the mics and you know hit our mic like st- sorry stopped the GoPros hit our mics and um he was like doing these like finger things and he's like me three like me three <laughs> me zero and I was like what three zero like, I was like what the math he's like at the end of this basically there's three yeah he's gonna end up with zero yeah. and I'm one of those three so do the math I was yeah. like the math ain't method but I was like <laughs> also that's not math that's <laughs> know what math is yeah yeah exactly um i mean love him no (laughs) (laughs) do you think if it wasn't the bachelor you would like the bar is set so i think we have a i think we have a problem in this country called like the colonial fuckboy syndrome right where we pick these men who are just walking red flags and they're just getting worse i wanted to (laughs) ask a question or rant about this later do you think you would have even have gone for a guy like that had it not been he was placed as a desirable person on one of these shows yeah I mean I think I was really wrapped up in it because I actually loved rugby and I love sports so I was just like probably you know clenching at what is it clenching like grasping at straws (laughs) sounds like you might have been clenching (laughs) sounds tense yeah um yeah I mean like I, I did really fall really hard. I mean, I'm such a hopeless romantic. Like, I can't help it. Yeah. And I think, you know, that sort of goes into the journey of everything that I do with life is love sort of leads me. Like, mm. I like, lead with my heart. And sometimes that's not, not always been the most um, beneficial thing for me. But in that moment, I did really like him. And I did really feel like, you know, there could have been potential um but I think he did the best thing and I think he I was saying he wasn't considerate but I think he was considerate with letting me go because I did not want to be humiliated and Mm. that was the most devastating thing but in that it was in saying that like the last four girls the three girls which were Cassie Sophie and Britt were all really close and it was just me 
Mm-hmm. Like they were like a three and I was like by myself. And in that time I felt so isolated. I was like, just get me home. Like just yeah. get me home. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was actually a blessing. I think he did the right thing and said, you know, like, not going to take anyone to the end and kind of looked out for me. So I got to, I got to really thank him in some way. Cause yeah. then that sort of set me up for, you know, I guess in other ways I, w- I went on paradise or oh, that was a funny one. Was it? <laughs> Um, but paradise was amazing. I did paradise and I, you know, got to show, um, you know, the first same sex kiss, which is kind of stupid in a way to think like we're only getting the first same sex, like first same sex kiss on a show, like on a channel, you know, channel Mm. network, like it's just a bit funny. And then coming, becoming the bachelorette, I had two years. I stayed away from TV for two years, 2019 and 2020. I went back to Old Brook, normal life, chilling, doing my thing. And then, um, moved to Melbourne, made a little, you know, and then that's when they kind of hit me up and were like, Hey, we want to do this. And I was shit scared. Yeah. Shitting my pants. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear more about this. I was. I was so scared. Are you did it. I can't. I'm still shocked that that sounds like a hostage situation to me. <laughs> yeah. You guys have to be like this, and he's doing <laughs> signals <laughs> like there's some kidnappers yeah. in the corner, and like, was it? Was it that bad when you were the bachelorette? Like, did you have a bit more freedom then? Like that no. it was still you were still a hostage. <laughs> no, I felt like, okay, I can't fault my bachelorette experience because I knew what I was kind of going into. Sure. Yeah, I felt like, and also I, I'm big on respect. And like, I think from my experience of on The Bachelor in Paradise, you kind of get treated like a little bit, you know, like in and out, like sort of like not really human. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know, if people coming on my show, they're giving up their lives to come and, you know, be invested in me so I'm going to be invested in them and so I tried to give everyone the decency and the respect and time time is a big thing with those sort of shows because mm. it's so fast especially in COVID times when we had barely any all the dates that I had planned didn't really roll out like yeah you couldn't right. really show oh, yeah. I couldn't really I gave it my absolute 100 percent but um yeah I mean I just thought okay well you know I was a contestant I've been in their shoes what would you know what interactions like would I want and so I always sort of think about other people but in that moment I was obviously like hoping mm-hmm. to find love <laughs> now Rosie you've written really extensively about mm-hmm. about the bachelor mm-hmm. bachelorette what's the appeal of these shows to you yeah Good question. <laughs> um, Why do we love them so much? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I think um, back when I first started doing the recaps, which was 2013, so that was Ooh, wow. 10 years yeah. ago, I know. Um, I think there was, the recaps I did became so popular because I was making fun of this genre that was unfamiliar to Australians, and it was, like, quite formulaic, and a lot of the jokes I would make were, like, oh, the producers have clearly, like, put the villain music Mm. in this scene or like, you (laughs) know, someone in Channel 10 HQ has decided um, that this person's going to be the slut of the season. And I think that was like quite like fresh and exciting for people to read that kind of thing and watch television that way. And actually, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Beverly McGarvey at Channel 10. She's like a big boss lady. 
asked me to come in for a meeting and I was like, I don't, like why? Are they going to give me a job? Like, I don't, oh. All right. Like I was really pumped. I was like, okay. And I went in, this is in the first season and it was really quite intense. And she just asked me a lot of questions and I was like, mm, yeah, so what am I, are you hiring me? Like what's happening? And then she, and then she just like, I was dismissed and I left. And I found out later from someone who works at 10 that they thought I had like an insider on the show feed me information. Oh, wow. And that's how. So when I was saying things like the producers clearly put villain music here, they had. Yeah. And, and they were like, she must have an insider. And I was like, no, you idiots. It's just so formulaic. Like, yeah. I just, yeah. you know what I mean? So I think that's what it was at the start. I think um, now... <laughs> What people realised watching it as a collective, it became real community viewing. Yeah. Like it was a thing yeah. where for at the height of it, you're all tweeting together, you're all watching yeah. together, you're yeah. all connecting together. And particularly with maths now as well, I think, because that has so many different couples, so you're able to see so many different kind of relationship dynamics that you are watching things and recognising your own relationships in what you're seeing and yeah. things that you've gone through in what you're seeing. Yeah. Um, you know, that there was a, an instance like a couple of years ago where someone on maths was like gaslighting someone <clears throat> and gaslighting wasn't a super common term in like the vernacular yet, yeah. I guess. And all of a sudden everyone was like gaslighting. Oh my God, that's happened to me. Like that yeah, is nice. what the hell, like there's a word for it. And so yeah. you recognize that those kinds of dynamics and, and so I think that is part of the appeal as well. Um, it's, but also people just like gossip and drama. Yeah. <laughs> and the less cynical people do really just love love. <laughs> if you ask Osha, it's always, it's about love. Yeah. <laughs> he will tow that line till the day he dies. He will. He well, will. Um, so, it's like escapism. It's like yeah, also it we're, like, we're very attracted to dysfunction. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know mm. I am. Like, I, I haven't watched maths, but I have a housemate who is loving Love Island at the moment. And, like, she's like you know they did like a talent show and she's like oh my god i can't like she can't, couldn't look at like because she was like it's so cringe that i couldn't but she was it's like a car crash you just mm. keep looking mm -hmm. but the dysfunction of it like yeah i think that's interesting what you say about escapism or representation mm. because you were the first aboriginal queer bachelorette but I watched your season and everyone was still really conventionally hot. And I'm like, do we just not want uglies to find love? <laughs> yeah. Like, is it representation or yeah. escapism? Because if you're not able-bodied, cis <laughs> or hot, you, your quest for love becomes like a specialty show. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So do you... And do you... I reckon I did have a very hot season, if I must admit. I mean, I have a, t I have a type. Well, they all are. <laughs> they're all hot. They're, I mean, they're all... But yeah, I, I did ask, I guess, because, like, I more identify with being pansexual rather than bisexual, and I, I've written about this as well, because, um, I mean, I've di dated sort of, like, on the like the gender spectrum, very, very varied, so for me, like, it's not always about gender, um, but because of the show, it had only male and female identifying contestants. They really sort of had to like box it in. Mm. Um, and I guess also people don't really talk about pansexuality. Like it's very like bisexual and pansexuality is like kind of like to the side, you know, like we don't really, and the only bisexual representation I've ever seen that was like super fluid and like 
it's like you know out was a shot at love with Tila Tequila. Mm, <laughs> Do you remember yeah, that show? that's right. And I was like, yeah. damn, she's spicy ass. But mm-hmm. like, I was like, I do not want my show, my show, like, because mm. it was my baby. Like, and I was like protecting it as much as I could. Also, because I have represent this community, as so I was like, I don't want to be like making these shame, like you know. So, um, yeah, I like tried to control as much as I could with not making it like tacky, and you know, and also creating that entertainment value. But I'm shit at entertainment. I am just like a sucker for love, and that's about it. Like, mm. <laughs> well, Roxanne Gay has said that reality TV dating shows are the modern-day fairy tales. Mm. And I wonder, this is a question, is is the myth then that of love or is the myth then what we're defining as love through these shows, which is monogamy, mm. marriage, and attached to that, financial security? True. Yeah. That's, that's a really <laughs> low... Yeah, it's a good it's, question. That's a... It's a good question. I mean, it's um, you can't deny that on The Bachelor, it has produced some successful relationships. Babies. And but you're right, conventional marriages, babies, children. Like, how many of them? Like, there's there's a few married couples now. A couple, one of them just got married the other weekend. Yeah, that Irina Lockie and guy. Yeah, and Lockie, yeah. So it has actually produced some successful marriages. Well. Time will tell. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, you know what? I hadn't... They are all... Yeah. yeah. Is that the fairy tale we're after? A good-looking husband and money and a four-wheel drive and... Well, I guess I could speak from a little bit of experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I felt a lot of pressure from, I guess, society and from Australia doing this, the first First Nations and Bisexual Bachelorette to, to give... Um, that fairy tale, like you know, give that, and it was it was a fairy tale for me in, in some mm. end. Like I went in and I was like staying open minded, but in some mind I was like, you know, this is real for me. Like this is going to be a real relationship. Um, and you know, I didn't go in being like I'm going to pick a certain gender and that's who I'm going to end up with. I picked a guy, and there was some part of me that's like I think I felt like people were disappointed the fact that I picked a guy because mm. everyone wanted their queer experience and their queer fairy tale, but I couldn't give that to them. And it really played on my mind when all the show came out and the Twitter, you know, things that I was getting like the level of biphobia that I was experiencing was just like out of this world. Like it was so horrible. Um, but I didn't let it, you know, phase me. But I, 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 I know personally, like I, I'm not really that monogamous. Like I really love the fact that we're now showcasing like more open relationships on these shows and mm. a bit more of a real, like representation of like relationships have so many complexities, but also like so many different, like ways of loving one another yeah. like love isn't undefined i feel like it's but i do feel like the bachelor have played into that but if you look at the the successful relationships and there's no disrespect to them mm. love them but also like a lot of them like come from a little bit of privilege mm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. i know that i've got some complex trauma and the person that i picked had no like experience with dealing with that and had no knowledge around first nations people and that uh, that's something that i really value and that i need in a relationship and i couldn't find that in the show mm. i mean i tried to and i picked someone the best of a out of the bunch i love them um 
But yeah, and then I was like, damn, should I just pick a girl and then gave my queer community yeah, experience? Yeah, right. It's so hard. It's actually really complex. That's so much pressure on you. So much pressure. Is it? Can I ask? Um, the moment you realize this is this hasn't worked. This isn't working. Like, what is the feeling of knowing mm. you've got to? T- the the country will know and they will laugh and they will say I told you so or it's all it's all fake or like just what are your oh. feelings and fears around having to make that announcement? I guess I didn't. I don't know if anyone knows, but I didn't make the yes, announcement. Yes, I, yeah, I do know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I didn't. I didn't even get the chance. My voice was taken away from me yeah. in that moment, and it was really, really tough. It was really tough. Um, there was so much complexity to the relationship where my sister had died past mm. the bachelorette, and I was dealing with that. So, you know, that in itself was just a lot. Like, my sister is... She is like, she yeah, she was so beautiful, and I losing her was so hard. Post something that's that crazy, mm. um, to have that much pressure to you know the show being and coming out like in a matter of like twelve weeks, and it got pushed out because of COVID. All of that was it's like I said, it's an absolute fucking shit show. To be fair, yeah. <laughs> like it was a lot um, to to deal with the grief to then be in a new relationship where I had no idea who this person was, to be away from home and off country. Um, and so when I didn't get that chance to actually sort of, you know, discuss and explain that to people mm. and it was just cut down and someone, you know, he put out something and was like, yeah, we're not together, like, this is it, respect us. I'm like, you didn't even respect me. Mm. You literally took away my voice. Like... Uh, this is two-way street, man. Like, so not a lot of people know that, and there's no disrespect to David. Like, he's a really good guy, but that in itself also was very respectful because mm. I had no chance to explain to the people, the community that I had built up, um, to be like, hey, like, this is what's going on. It's, mm-hmm. it's actually this is my real life. Like, yeah, um, yeah. It was it was really hard. I mean, it was some part relief, it was huge relief, mm. and being like, okay. Like, I, I tried. Like, yeah. I gave it my absolute all. Yeah. So ratings for The Bachelor have been dwindling. Do you think that's because there's a lot of cynicism around why people are applying to these shows now? That yeah. it's not because of love, that it's, in, like, going to get Instagram views, mm. going to get followers, like, it's a jump point to a different career. Like, I'm full for people who, like, understand the contract, you know, but yeah. is it then these shows are not so much about about love but creating a platform a platform that it's said and then we're buying into a a simulation of something that mm. that really kind of doesn't exist yeah the show's definitely shifted mm. like when i did it in 2018 i feel like it was just instagram was just getting like mm. really big um like it was big but i think you know people were noticing like more there was more influences and spaces coming from tv um I tried to get the love aspect back. I really pushed yeah. and I really, you know, cause I know that I'm very genuine with my feelings and who I am as a person. Um, so I tried really hard to get the love back into the show mm. and, you know, also like all the things that I had to, to remind myself, um, 
that I was what I was doing it for mm. so like that representation yeah. I think also audiences became a little more sophisticated um like I said when I started writing recaps it, people loved the jokes because it was commenting on how it was all a farce and it was like sort of peeking behind the curtain of how TV works and that was sort of like exciting and interesting to people yeah. and a few years into the recaps uh, when they were huge and I said oh, I think I'm going to stop doing it now and people were like you're crazy and I said no but it's the recaps are funny because I make fun of how formulaic it is and that means the jokes are always the same because the formula is always the same. Yeah. So what yeah. what fresh stuff are we rehashing here, really? And I think audiences cottoned onto that too. They sort yeah. of started to understand, like the way the mechanics of how the show works, and then they started to realize. And then contestants applying started to realize I can use this as a platform. And then audience started audiences started recognizing that contestants were doing that. Mm. Um, and then I think Ten got stuck in a tricky place where. They really wanted to continue having it be about love so they couldn't completely lean into deranged maths yeah. melodrama. <laughs> they tried, yeah, But I think. they also kind of needed something to, mm. because it's still a reality show at the end of the day. People aren't going to fully believe it's totally genuinely about love all the time. So they got stuck in a bit of a middle ground place. Mm. Um I mean, I don't know. I look at maths and how the more deranged it gets, the more popular it gets. And I well, think it's super highly rated. Like yeah. I'm addicted to it. Yeah, me too. But it's essentially like it's just they've rebranded arranged marriages. Yes. Which like <laughs> yeah. in Western, a lot of true. like colonial Western cultures really look down on mm. other communities for that. Yeah. yeah. You know, we like place love on a pedestal, even though kind of love marriage as marriage is like mm. a really kind of colonial modern thing. I guess one of the questions then in regards to the melodrama and looking at something like maths is like the men are just getting worse. What I thought was really interesting <laughs> after so you bad. being this like trailblazer and pioneer was then you had kind of like the three whitest red flags <laughs> on TV to be like, this is the bar of male desirability. Mm -hmm. And then everyone on maths, it all turns out that mo like most of them you would avoid at a bar. Mm. They all like follow fucking Jordan Peterson. Mm -hmm. And Andrew like, why <laughs> are like, as you know, like the, mm. the spectacle of it. But I, I wonder why what it says about us and a reflection in our culture, not just you know, we, I think we look at like when we go, oh, what do these stories say about us? And we think about female representations. Mm. But on this show, I'm like, these men are terrible Desperate. and they're meant to be desirable and they just keep getting shitter. What does yeah. that say about, I guess, where we are as a society now? I've just been thinking about that. I, would, I mean, I would say I don't watch maths thinking any of those <laughs> so I mean I I but we get I know told they are to be. yeah 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 I mean I think um the lens through which I watched maths and I hope um most women do or at least are sort of discovering how to do and um and consume they're consuming the show and then content in a way that helps yeah. them learn that they are red flags like you've got someone like clementine ford who does her brilliant sort of mm -hmm. recaps of maths every week where yeah. she just talks about how like that is um toxic masculinity that's misogyny the way she was just treated was gaslighting like i would i would hope that's something we can 
positive get from the show. But yeah, if you're not thinking any deeper about it and you are just watching it as straight up reality dating entertainment, it is scary to me that these are the men who we're casting as love interests and also that I mean I know we're all like they're doctors like they're psychologists and and we're like are they though like yeah like yes. but they are like they Phoenix are University there, yeah yeah know, and I always like, question that I'm like yeah and there's also been questionable things in the past like certain female contestants who have been open with the producers about the fact they've had you know a history of um maybe some kind of domestic violence or trauma in their life and then they've paired them very specifically with like quite toxic aggressive um men and you think like what are you doing there Mm. do you remember watching like un is it unreal yeah Mm. yeah i feel like unreal had a very like heavily heavy influence on how we also then saw the bachelor as well Mm. because like the characters and you know how they sort of screw around with you know like there's a wifey and then there's the mom and, and i feel like Every time I think of these shows, I'm thinking, like, before I did The Bachelor and I realised that it's not like that. Like, Mm. you know, I had full, like, I guess, drive with everything and who I wanted to choose and who I didn't have a connection with. And I was respectful about it. I wasn't like, nah, they're... John, nah, he's gone. He said, Miss Oat, out. Like, you know, like, yeah. it wasn't It wasn't like that. It was like, just don't I feel a connection. <laughs> I, have a gossip, I have a really quick gossip question, really, yeah. really quick. So, you know how, like, you kind of know who you, who you want to pick each week or whatever? And the producers always say, like, oh, we don't tell them who to pick. They do it. But if there's a few guys who you're like, I'm not going to end up with any of those three guys so it doesn't really matter to me. And so then will the producer go, oh, can you keep the really annoying one then just because it's good television? Do they say that kind of thing to you? Uh, not in, not directly like that. Like, it's... Because they want the toxic they want ones the on there. For entertainment. Yeah. I think it's really interesting because what these shows do is that they take real people mm-hmm. and then you add in producers, directors, mm-hmm. editors, and you're turning real people into characters yes Mm -hmm. and what i think is really interesting is i don't know if the characters that we're seeing on these shows are changing as society changes Mm. yeah and i guess i guess my question is like do you feel that you were made to to be a certain character yeah i was i the when i was in the first season of um the bachelor i i was the sporty Mm. the sporty chick like honestly i was like making that joke before but i was like like talk about sport like talk about footy like how yeah. much you love it I'm like what the fuck? <laughs> I was like I actually do art as well yeah. like you know I'm also you know work with young kids um yeah so I definitely feel like I was character like I was character shot but when I did it like the bachelorette I I didn't actually everyone I would I reference everyone with their name and mm. the first night was so hard to remember like 16 people's names so I had to use like things maybe like their their gimmick yeah like, what they used um what they wore just so that I could get my head around it well, but they weren't characters yeah. for me like it's mm. different it's very different I feel like maths is very different and mm. I I feel like maybe you know the three straight white guys that were on the bachelor this year probably there was like very different Mm. but my my season was led with like a lot of respect and a lot of um yeah like i feel like if there was a to a point where i if i got to a point and i didn't have a connection with someone it was yeah it was like look i haven't had the chance to to connect with you in time i'm sorry like it's just nah. um 
I mean, I did fight in the end, actually. So my person who was in my, like the top four, I didn't. I wanted them to go up top four. I didn't want them to make my top three. So you yeah. can do the math. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm going to be going back. And like, uh, <laughs> I was like, Rosie, if you were a character, what do yeah. you think the character you would be if you were a monitor? <laughs> That's a great question. That is such a good question. Um, shit. Look, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very um, socially awkward. I'm very shy. Um, I'm very introverted. And so I think... I would probably seem, I'd probably seem standoffish. They'd make me like the snobby bitch because I wouldn't, I'm not great at making new friends and I, I, I probably wouldn't interact a lot and I, and, and I, they'd probably I'd go, be well, there's nothing though. with her, so let's just get some shots of her looking sour and bored and you know what I mean? <laughs> I can, yeah, you're just in the corner. When I think how they would manipulate me, I'm like, that's probably what would happen. And I mean, yeah. all these people say like, you know, they've completely edited this. That's not me at all. I never know how true that is because I'm like, they can't put words in your... Like, you still no. said those words. They might be cutting it in a way, but anyway, I don't know how, how true that is when they deny, They say they've got a bad edit. But, yeah, I think I... I don't know. I guess I'd just be... The introvert? I guess. I was, but, I was but super they, introverted in my season. Like, I, I yeah. didn't have any friends. <laughs> yeah. And, but I do... You were too busy being sporty. I made friends with... Yeah. That's the boy. Yeah. I vaguely remember, though, that you, there was some tension with the other girls like it that on the show I mean um I was a threat from you, the start yeah like, yeah I got and the so, first uh the bat oh my god the bat pad key that's right yeah that's which right, was a key right. to his house which wasn't his so <laughs> I mean if you key. were introverted and didn't and you didn't really connect with the other girls in there and they all became a thing then it, it they, they that became a storyline like yeah it yeah. was yeah. yeah yeah do you think that's also and how do I say this without being like super offensive but you were the only <laughs> yeah. aboriginal person on there and so quite often you know people be like well you're the aboriginal one we know like like I just know as a person you you get that um it goes along with that theory of like aboriginal people get given things mm. so do you think they kind of maybe read that as like okay here's someone who isn't like us mm. so they're here for like that you might be here for longer and and therefore you're more of a threat yeah I think from the start because I got the batch pad key and like I had the connection I got this white rose and stuff as well um like I I was a threat and then so then they were like scoping me out being Mm. like okay who is she like you know like what does she have to offer kind of thing and that was like really hard for me because I was like, yeah. Jesus, like this is too much. Like I, I've spent a lot of time with girls and women because I played women's footy, but this was different. Like this yeah. wasn't team orientated. This wasn't like we all we're all working together for the same objective. Like this was we're all working against one another. And it found I found it really difficult to make friends, but there was these certain girls that I really stuck to, and it was usually the more introverted girls, because yeah. I am actually naturally an introvert. Like, I, mm, yeah. I don't thrive in being a lot, like, with a lot of people. Um, so that was really difficult. But then when my Aboriginality sort of came into it, people were like, oh, yeah, 
I can see, yeah, they're going to make you go far. Like, you yeah. know, and there was only yeah, two right. people that had sort of openly had said that. And they openly him, said it. Yeah, I called them out for that bullshit. Yeah, I just don't yeah. stand for it. And oh, they went God, really imagine, far. Like, like, just walking through life yeah. feeling like you can say stuff like that. It would yeah. be so free. That's what I Being a racist would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I just don't know how you could do it. I mean, I literally, like, after crazy. a play... If I have a show on, I will go to a toilet and go la 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 in case people are talking about me. I just don't want to hear their opinion. I don't know. I could do it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot. And then when then my bisexuality sort of came into it, like I had been with girls, and they're like, "Yeah, he needs to know." And then I was the the tagline. I was like, "Brooks, big bombshell." I'm like, "I'm just gay." (laughs) Like, who cares? I just tried. You know, I just came on this heteronormative show. Like, whatever. (laughs) Speaking of that, though, these shows are so embedded in the series heteronormative values. Do you think that the genre can adapt to be more inclusive or do, or do we want it to be, you know, I don't know if necessarily I want like a nice queer couple with nice work values. I don't want to trash them on my TV. I want terrible people maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Yeah. I mean, I went a little bit backwards, obviously. Like, I went from, like, my season, which I think is the most progressive that they've ever been um, and done, obviously. And also, yeah, when you think of it, my first, my season of being the first First Nations and, bi- and bisexual, it hasn't been done anywhere. Like, it's mm. global. Like, yeah. that's the first globally. Like, it kind yeah. of wigs me out because I'm like, we're, like queer people here like mm. first nations people here like why are we not you know giving more people first nations people leads and in roles and shows and um i mean i i want to see it i don't know how everyone else feels but i i'd love to see more progression with being more inclusive diverse seeing more you know neurodivergent people like being like really the spectrum of people really and also you know a, a, a big part of like true inclusion would be being able to say like you know queer queer people can be bitchy assholes too like they can be oh, villains yeah. too like won't it be great when we can just have the the cast is so diverse anyway yeah. that, that you know it doesn't i'd like to see some ugly people <laughs> Oh, some ugly, yeah, some I want someone who looks like me. Size. Yeah, like it yeah. would be. That would, that would be interesting. Ever, ever, ever. So you know what show I hate the most is Farmer Wants a Wife. Oh. I think it should be like man who lives on <laughs> stolen land trying to find someone to continue a legacy <laughs> to take on their stolen wealth. But what I think is really interesting about the show is that it's really about dowie, right? The social contract is really clear. Man shows, white man mm. shows wealth. Woman then decides whether she will give up mm. her life, usually to go into isolation, to then, mm. to, to, to then go be mm. part of this idea of the perfect, mm. you know, colonial myth of marriage and love. Um, that wasn't a question. I just really want to get that out there. <laughs> it is true, though. I, I fucking hate that show. Uh, like, yeah. The majority of those guys, no offence, are not super... You're not getting the cream of the crop of, of like, <laughs> no. whatever. And it's like, the thing is, oh, no, but they don't have to be handsome bachelors. They don't have to be whatever. Their value is they've got this farm that is worth X amount of dollars. Like, that is basically what it is. Oh, well, when we're justifying this idea of, of, of yeah. an invader is desirable, yeah. right? It's a settler. It's like, here is the farmer. This is what a good Aussie is, like, yeah. meant to be. It continues that myth. I wonder, though... 
Do I you actually think? Have a confession, though, I've never watched it. Yeah, I've, I've not ever sorry. watched it. I've never watched it. My mum loves it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never watched it. I just, I don't, it doesn't appeal to me. I'm yeah. like, eh. I kind of hate watching it a bit. Yeah. Because I'm like, huh? Yeah. But yeah. I did wonder, like, do you think if we just got a whole mob of Aboriginal women to apply, it could be a way for us to potentially get our lamp back? <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to get the sisters back. Like... I had that many messages from people and sisters being like, should I apply? I'm like, yeah, we should do it all together. Like group, yeah, group yeah, application. Yeah. You know, you're taking one sis, you're taking 10. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Sister wives. Yeah. yeah. Get the farm, then boot the farmer. That's perfect. Yeah. Take him for his life. And I guess like, well, I'll ask one more question, then I'll take it to the audience to mm-hmm. ask some questions. There's mics to the left and the right, just up the back. Um, don't know if you can see in the dark there. But I read a statistic that said after the pandemic, 71% of single people say they are more interested in long-term relationships now than before the pandemic. I mean, it was on Cosmo, so I don't know how. (laughs) (laughs) I just pulled that. But are we turning to these television shows or something like maths to fulfil emotional needs as the world has kind of become increasingly more isolated Mm -hmm. and how do you think the pandemics impacted our idea of love i mean the panel's called finding love in a hopeless place Mm. who's finding love is it us is it contestants and and which is the hopeless place is it the show or is it you know the stories we're telling yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah, i mean um it's i suppose covid it's been an interesting time. I mean, to really to sit here right now and go, can you believe there was that was three years? That was there was three mm. years of that, and a lot of that was in an incredibly isolated, living an incredibly isolated way, where um, suddenly we realised that something we probably take for granted, um, which is hu- human connection, mm. physical human mm. connection, it, it was gone. And then I think people got a taste of an understanding of loneliness um, and isolation in a way that they hadn't before. So it doesn't surprise me that then people thought, I need a person because, Mm. shit, no thanks, this has been awful. Um, Yeah, I would believe that. I mean, whether or not we look to those shows to fulfil that emotional um, desire, probably, probably, but, I mean... Some of those guys on maths, I wouldn't say they're fulfilling any of my desires. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Definitely fulfill, though, my kind of... Um, Entertainment. M- well, you know, like just my general rage yeah. at patriarchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It allows me to be angry and, <laughs> yeah. and then, you know, get on... Get on the subreddit. And- well, yeah, exactly. I think, and I think that's why these, like, you know, I mentioned Clem Ford's um, maths recaps before. I think a lot of women are watching these shows through that lens now, which I think is so promising to just mm. have a look at toxic behaviour reflected back at you and to take that and realise that it that helps you recognise it in your own life and in your own world. And, I mean, that's... That's a positive. I always cling to that as a positive of these shows. But then what's kind of interesting about that, though, is that these shows are still, I think, 
geared, they, they tend to be geared to a more female identifying viewership. Mm-hmm. And so we can approach these with like a feminist lens or a critical lens. But a lot of the representations and the way that we, the stories and the tropes are being told mm. in these shows are still through a lens of male desirability mm-hmm. and patriarchal values. Mm, and yeah. I wonder what that tension is and how does that change or will mm. it? Yeah. People well, just need to keep sort of breaking the mould. Like, I think, speaking up about it, I think, like, what Rosie said, these shows are actually exposing us to things that maybe, like, we don't know how to communicate, like, we haven't seen or we've felt, but we didn't know how to communicate it. Like, mm. like I didn't really know in some of my relationships that I was being gaslighted. Um, gaslit. <laughs> gaslighted. Yeah. Good English, Brooke. Um, Is it gaslighted? Yeah. Is it gaslighted? <laughs> kind of like very, you know, yeah. women. <laughs> gaslit. Um, so I think, like, there's some, like, yeah, I think you pull what you will from it, I think. But I, I really hope that, you know, I hoped that the shows, especially the ones that I've been a part of, would commit to the progression mm-hmm. of where we need to be going beyond representation as well like um but you know they well (laughs) channel 10 obviously went backwards in some way but and then they were like we'll scrap the bachelor (laughs) because we're done with that Mm. um but i think like i feel like i've done my little part in that and i think people need to sort of now still like get in and, and still break the mold and like change the sort of system like you know if you can't if you can see it you can be it if you can hear it you can well, say that's it exactly. right so yeah, yeah sorry that's what i was trying to, I was trying yeah. to communicate yeah <laughs> um, we've gone massively over time so <laughs> big round we really of applause have. Thank you. And for, for being so generous and their answers i have the worst time. thank you <laughs> thank you guys Watch other talks from All About Women 2023 on Stream, the streaming platform from the Sydney Opera House. Register for free now and start watching at stream.sydneyoperahouse.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again soon with more ideas at the house.